Welcome back to the Innovators Podcast. We are on episode number 10, officially in double digits. Here on this episode, we interview Priyanka Krishnan. Priyanka is a user experience designer, learning experience designer, and educator. She's also a PhD student here at Iowa State, uh, pursuing her degree, uh, double major in human-computer interaction and educational technology. She has a bachelor's and a master's in industrial design from ISU, and she's been working on tons of awesome projects here at Iowa State. Uh, the topic of the podcast ranges from a couple of her projects, including Cards for Women, Misfit Noodle, and her newest venture is called How to Educator. We really just talk about you know, what makes Priyanka uh, such a fun and lively individual. Um, we cover plenty of topics from her experience in the classroom to her experience with her different projects, and uh, she's really just a, a blast to talk to. So hope you enjoy the podcast. Thank you for listening. Priyanka, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you for joining us on the Innovators Podcast. Why don't we just start off and uh, give the listeners a a brief history, uh, just talk about some of the things that you're doing here at Iowa State, um, talk about your background, and we'll, we'll go from there. Um, thank you for having me, Matt. And I was born in India. Let me go back to, like, where did I begin? Like, mom and dad. No, 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 no. So I was born in India. I was brought up in Dubai mm-hmm. for about 16 years before I came here to Iowa State when I was an undergrad and I was 17 years old. Didn't know what I wanted to do, actually. I joined into pre-graphic design major and then switched to industrial design. Somehow, successfully, I kept through in industrial design and graduated my undergrad. And I still felt like, what am I doing with my life, right? And I was like, okay, there's the university offered me scholarship and was like, go do your master's. And I was like, okay, I'll do my master's. Wasn't really sure. which direction I was heading into. I had multiple interests and I was very explorative. And if you know uh, MBTI personalities, I am ENTP, so there's no holding me back. I'm just trying out everything and anything possibly. So I took my... I took upon the offer and I started with my master's program. I always knew I wanted to be a faculty. That's one thing because my my father was, uh, my father is a lecturer. My grandfather was a professor at a university. What does your father teach? Uh, Is he here at Iowa State uh, or elsewhere? No, my father actually works for JCIA, which is a Joint Commission International Mm -hmm. Accreditation Company, which focuses on healthcare. And uh, he does a lot of professional development lectures. Cool. And my, pr- my grandfather used to be a professor in India. Uh, don't know which university now. But yeah, so it's like being a teacher was in my, like, is in my blood. It's just been in my blood forever. For sure. So uh, I was like, okay, if I do my master's, I'll get a job. I'll get a job as a faculty. I can survive. You know, so I started with my master's and... Um, I, I used to do crazy projects. I'm, as an industrial designer, I've never had 
just a product design work done. I used to always try something different. My uh, my portfolio is completely diverse. And I'm like, what are you doing with yourself? If you applied for Dick's Sporting Goods or if you applied for uh, Apple, you won't get a job there because they're not they're looking for product designers and I'm mm-hmm. not one. Right. So I was having this in my brain for a long time. And um, my professor, Anna Luge, is the person who really um, pushed me like my master's thesis. She's like, pretty do something that means to you. And I go back and I think about my life. And, you know, I, I say this in most of my speeches. I'm a brown, international, young woman. And these four things are something that has changed the personality and who I am. And it, I was first afraid of those four things. And now I'm embracing it. And how did that, you make the switch? <laughs> what, 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 what's the, uh, you know, when you, I came to the, the U S and I was 17 years old, I was afraid of community. I was afraid that I won't fit in. And I tried really hard to fit in and it didn't work out. Like it didn't. I mean, I, I, over the couple of years, I got somewhere in the accent mm-hmm. and maybe in the culture, but I'm still this person. Mm-hmm. I'm still this brown international young woman. So I decided to stand out, you know, and I think that was the change I had in my life. And I think it was a huge motivation from my mentors. Was there like an event or a certain thing? Was there like a, a time period that you can point to that? It yeah, happened? yeah, I can actually. I, I was in um, 20, I think it was 20, end of 2015. I would say it was, I was starting my junior year in uh, undergrad. Until then I was this reserved person. I was always an extrovert, but I was reserved, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I was like, okay, Pri, you need to do something different. And then I started like I started observing people. I'm like, what are they doing differently? How how are they creating this identity for themselves? I started to read body language. I started to understand people on how they think. And I started to see people who are successful. So I started networking a lot. I faked it till I made it, pretty much, you know? Like so I even though I was having this reserved mindset that I am different. And if I go in front of people and talk to them, I might make a fool out of myself to, I'm just going to try and talk to them. What's the biggest thing? Like if I don't do anything, I don't get anything. So I'll just go try. So I started to network a lot. I think that was the biggest change that brought into me uh, this, this personality and this, you know, you take a look at my photo like four years ago, I'd laugh at it. I'd laugh at it right now. I'm like, what are you pre <laughs> and probably five years from now i would do the same thing to me today but i think that um personality just grew into me by looking so you at kind of faked it in the beginning until it kind of just yeah. became what you were doing yeah okay. pretty much because i'm like i'm still new to this place yeah I'm only two years old in this country and not many people know me. So they're only going to know me the way I want them to know me. And so I think that change just became at that point. Like I was like, I'm going to do this. So that was, uh, you said your junior year. Mm -hmm. So how has that mindset switch fast forward to now? I mean, if you can, you know, what, what is, what has made, what has that change brought to you? down the road? I think um, 
at a point where to go going back to like Iowa State University and looking at the core, I'm in like normal email contact with the provost office. You know, getting like going up a ladder inside an institution like entrepreneurship. I am like at the top of entrepreneurship at Iowa State University, like knowing who to contact for what and knowing what uh, if I if if I do this, I'm going to win it. Like knowing all of that and being flexible, like I'm I'm doing my second year PhD right now Mm -hmm. in educational technology and human computer interaction. But at the same time. I'm doing 10,000 other things. Mm-hmm. And I have the room to do that because I have good mentors and I have good support from the institution, from my family, from friends and everything. And I think I've learned, I've designed my way into becoming what I am today. Very cool. So talk about your PhD program. What are you, what are you working on? What is the, what, I guess, what's the, what's the end goal? Oh, end goal is still being a faculty, <laughs> but I, I think uh, Carts for Women was a uh, stumbling block, I would say, yeah. that uh, took me into becoming an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I never thought I would take any entrepreneurship courses or anything. Like I, I, I saw that in your question, you had asked me, like, would ta- uh, what are the entrepreneurship curriculum that changed you? Yeah. Nothing. I I fell into entrepreneurship, you know, and Carts for Women, it started as a small master's thesis Mm -hmm. and it was going to just define who I am and like just find a project that relates to me and relates to a lot of people in the community right now. And I went to a Way Up conference and then I came down to, um, I think it was November 2019. the Papa John Center for Entrepreneurship had the innovation competition, mm-hmm. a weekend competition. I just participated in that and somehow over a weekend it just clicked in my brain. Why not if this is a company and yeah. why not if this is a brand? So I partnered up with my co-founder, Manas Chimpiti, and he's one of my really good friends, an extremely smart guy. And uh, so we worked together in, in building that website and, and I started Instagram simple as that I'm, I'm i'm not super tech savvy like i know tech but i'm not like super social and whatnot but i kind of understood that's also important in life so i started doing a lot of instagram and within two months we reached over a few million people wow. and it was it was it was interesting to see how many women were ready to share their pain and that was the that was the idea of carts for women carts for women is an anonymous platform for women to share their experiences but we thought it would be this professional experience that they would want to share but i got a lot of personal experiences it got really overwhelming and like i would see mess i would randomly i would get on a day i would get like 100 messages from women talking about what has happened in their personal life and I thought, you know, I'm going to be this person who's going to design like 100 cards. This is, this is the secret of being a woman. No, it's not. And it's probably not for men. It's not, probably not for all the people in the LGBTQ+. And, but then I decided I need to step back. And I'm not going to create something that's going to be a cookbook, but rather just be an open forum where they can just share. 
So you it's, went into it thinking it was going to be a product. Yes. And you instead created more of a platform, essentially. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. So it was it was going to be this, like, if you would have asked me in November, I would have been like, oh, I'm going to have 52 cards with, like, two jokers, whatnot, like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it turned out I couldn't even, like, start thinking about a deck. I had, within... Within like 20 days, I had over 400 cards that came in, wow. which then I had to stop because now if you go on to the Cards for Women website, you cannot add in a card because I don't want to put something out before proofreading it. Yeah, sure. And I don't have the time. Yeah. And I created an email address. Now that email address is filled with emails that I can't read. Yeah. And so it was a very good experience for me. As so where's it at? Where's it at now? Are you still working <laughs> with it at all? You know, I went through size starters um, in the summer and and then I was like, oh, my God, Pri, you're going off track. You're, you're going into something that you have no experience in. You're going into entrepreneurship. But what about the $100,000 you've spent towards education? Yeah. So I was like, Pri, continue this as a passion project. Yep. Get back into education. So I had, and, and there was a huge demand of commitment, mm -hmm. but there was very little funding that was coming through. Gotcha. And um, I, I could invest. I mean, I'm not, I'm thankfully privileged but that's not something that i don't think i'm old enough and i don't think i'm matured enough mm -hmm. to take that project forward by myself so is that something that you want to do maybe later on like yes. a, maybe that's a, a someday project yeah okay. yeah gotcha. and that's the reason why it's still up and i and it was very surprising to me like i said okay Manas, we're going to stop this project. I'm going to go back into education, so do not disturb me. And I still receive calls, and I've done multiple interviews. And, like, today I'm doing a podcast with you because this is, this is a very important subject to focus on. Definitely. And I feel terrible sometimes for not taking it forward as much as I wanted it to. But I think... Um, I am doing the right thing by taking it really slow because I need like, to mature. And it sounds like you're not just uh, putting it on pause to go watch Netflix. Talk about <laughs> talk about some of the other things that you're doing now. What, what else is taking up your time now? Oh, my God. Uh, one of the 10,000 things I'm doing is uh, uh, there's something called uh, I'm starting this new company called Misfit Noodle, uh -huh. which is a design sprint for education agency. And the idea behind this is... Um, I really, it's really to improve my portfolio, to be very honest with you, because I'm like, I have two degrees in design and I'm getting like two other degrees and I don't know how to place that into my portfolio mm -hmm. and make sense out of it for myself and for other people. So that's how Misfit Noodle is coming up into form. And it's, um, it's going to be like a five day sprint Thing that many companies, especially corporate companies, can have us in and we can work with them. And in terms of team building, mm -hmm. personality building, and also in terms of solving some of their organizational problems. Gotcha. And especially education. So Very cool. So who are your, who might be your primary uh, customers for that? Is there a specific industry that you're looking towards or is it just kind of for so, anyone? What's that like? Um... So this is fairly new, and I mean, there are three domains, if I would say, uh, and this this combines in with Misfit Noodle, and I'm also creating this tool called How to Educator, mm -hmm. so they both go together. Um, so K-12 
uh, higher ed and professional development are the three main big audiences that we would have. Um, one of the difficulties that usually uh, business or vendors face with K-12 and higher ed is selling to a big institution is a huge process to make it work, to like take this and try this, we're, we're good. And mm -hmm. getting money out of that is pretty difficult. So we're trying to hit on professional development at the moment. So like individuals who are planning to um, get into an organization, whether early in their career or something, uh, or in or somebody who's actually doing training and whatnot. So it's still, it, it, we haven't still thought it through. And you can see my head going, I don't know what I'm saying. A work in progress then. <laughs> yeah, right? 100%. Very cool, very mm -hmm. cool. So. Um, maybe let's, let's just walk a little bit through your experience with the university. Uh, you know, I think I, I really like the point of, you know, you hit that kind of transition. Mm -hmm. You said your junior year, mm -hmm. what, you know, the, the, the masters and the PhD is all kind of a, a track to become a faculty member, but what have, you know, what have you learned along that, along the way, you know, that you, you have this end goal. But what else? Obviously, you've been very busy, as you said, with <laughs> 10,000 other things. Yeah. What are some of the lessons that you've learned as far as, you know, staying focused on what is the end goal or maybe even changing the end goal from time to time or pivoting? Yeah, I've thought about changing like 10 every day. Like I, I um, initially had an interest in animal sciences. Really? <laughs> right so and i keep telling my mom like every day i'm in a mood i sometimes i call my mom i'm like do you think i should just stop everything and go into animal science and she's like i don't have the time or money for that <laughs> not for you anymore right so i think um in terms of iowa state i have literally probably worked with almost every department uh so i've been here seven years now mm -hmm. And so I have worked at the foundation uh, in my, that was my first ever job. What did you do? Uh, I was a call center, you know, the call center yeah, for the yeah, foundation yeah. Oh, yeah. in the basement of Durham. Yep. Yeah. I was there for a couple of months. <laughs> that's a good way to, that's a w good way to get your start. Right. Oh my God. I used to be terrified because, so that w I forced myself into that job because I was like, okay, so I'm going to be talking to people, especially Americans, and I'm going to make sure I get my accent right. I know oh, my yeah. things about America and all of that. Oh, it did not work out well. Don't even ask me. It, might, it was my embarrassment. <laughs> and then um, I worked for the parking division. So if you get if you got a ticket, that's probably because I've of me. had plenty of those. <laughs> I've, I, I have plenty of parking tickets. And so yeah, I worked uh, for parking division for almost. Um, almost two years actually. And then uh, while I was working for that, I slowly started freelancing and I got a client in Australia where she needed social media and web design. And as a designer, it was really easy for me. So I started doing that. And once I started having her, I, at one point in my life, I used to make easily $8,000 a month. Well. That was super nice time of my life. It, it, because I would do small projects and I would make a lot of money because this this is the girl in the U.S. But these guys, all my clients are like in Bali, Australia and all, all of those places. I started making a good chunk of money. And 
when I was doing that, I was almost finishing up with my undergrad and I started my grad before I finished my undergrad so that I can transfer credits nicely. Mm-hmm. And um, I got into education. So I started teaching a lot and uh, I'm, turn- I'm, I'm almost forgetting what all I did. But, oh, right. Uh, for a year and a half, or I think almost, a, yeah, about a year and a half uh, from 2017 to 2018, I actually worked with Professor Kevin Henry. He's from Columbia College of Chicago. He has a book on uh, product design sketching. And together, we designed four interactive textbooks. So that was my transition into what I am today, like partially what I am today. Of uh, I really love him, and he's the best professor I could have ever worked with. And I got him through uh, the chair of industrial design back then, Dr. Sorry, David Ringholz. And he is really good. And he's the one, he's like, Pri, you should go work with him. And I learned a lot from him. And I didn't know what I was doing back then was instructional design. And today I'm getting a PhD in instructional design. So, uh, yeah. So I started working with him for a year and a half. And I learned a lot. After that, I did a I did a bunch of TAing for different professors and I was getting into curriculum development and I'm, I was part of the Academic Affairs Committee in the College of Design as a graduate representative. And then um, I got into uh, ELO, uh, Engineering and LAS Online Learning, and right now I work for CELT, Center for Excellence in Learning and sure. Teaching as a graduate assistant, but basically focused on instructional design. So you mentioned you mentioned networking earlier, mm-hmm. and that's that's such a buzzword that I hate to use it. Yeah. But uh, you, it seems like there's kind of a common theme in a lot of your your uh, activities or projects. It's mm-hmm. you know whether it be the freelancing mm-hmm. or working with the professor cl- mm-hmm. uh, from Chicago. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of these things are just you're connected with the right people. How do you, how do you go about that? How can somebody that you know maybe they're just starting at Iowa State, maybe yeah. they're an international student, maybe mm-hmm. they're um, maybe they're just a student who's wanting to get more involved on campus. How do you start that process uh, of the, the classic buzzword networking? Great question. So I am actually uh, really funny you ask me. My brother is now in his second year of aerospace engineering at Iowa State University. And um, he's, he's an introvert. He's not very talkative and, and, and he's not... Um, he won't he won't reach out unless there's an absolute necessity right and i'm i'm the polar opposite on that part so uh i am practicing what i did for myself now on him you know what i mean like i'm practicing that mentorship i'm saying go to this person go to that person and i got him connected with ex uh ceo a ceo of boeing uh, Dennis Muhlenberg, mm-hmm. who is one of our uh, in-house residents, yep. innovator, right? And so I got him connected with him, and now uh, Dennis is mentoring him almost every other month, right? So I think um, one of the things that students are not or uh, students are not taught about is mentoring. They expect they're either they're expected to know how to communicate with people, or um, it's not a job of a professor mm-hmm. to make sure the students are networking. There's not a class for it. There is not a class yeah. for it. There is no there is no there is no cookbook for it. There's no classes for it. You're expected to have this personal personality 
uh, of being very open and extrovert. But that's not true. You need to get trained on it. If you're going to someone, if you're going to a mentor, you need to know, okay, if I'm meeting with this mentor, these are the three things I need to get out of it. But that's not, that's not told to the students, right? So one of the most difficult things is put yourself in that most uncomfortable position. And you are going to be laughed upon. I've had a faculty tell me, Pri, I cannot get rid of you. You know, and as much as a compliment that is, I can tell how much she was irritated as well. You know what I mean? But oh, yeah. I'm like, I want this to be done. Whether you like it or not, I'm going to be behind you, right? Yeah. I'm going to be behind you because I I almost abuse my networking opportunities. You know what I yeah. mean? I, there's this thin borderline that I'm always on yep. because I'm reaching out to people and it it starts with, the simple trick that I would say for internationals or even just freshman students, every semester, talk to your chair twice, your department chair. Mm-hmm. Just go and tell them your aspirations. Tell them what... Uh, th- I, I remember I was a sophomore and that was the first time I got into industrial design program. I booked a meeting with the chair. I didn't know why I was going to him. I just booked a meeting because I wanted to say hi. And that was hard. That was hard to decide, you know, like to go and book that appointment. But I did it and I went to him and I uh, it was a 20 minute conversation. And I started saying, David, I want to be a professor. I want to do a Ph.D. I know that's something I want to do. How do I get there? And I come from a culture uh, you won't believe. I don't in my, the, the high school principal didn't even know my name. That's the kind of culture I come from. And being able to reach out to this person and talk to him, a chair of a department, it's not a big deal here. But back then, for me, it was huge cultural shock, right? And when I went and met him, my high school professors would have said, focus on what you're doing right now. Forget about the rest. He said, oh, why don't you look at Harvard University? They have a doctor design design program. I never thought a professor or a mentor it's the most simplest thing but it motivates you so much to go beyond and do as much as you can and i think that really changed my perspective and little things like that like having my my professor's phone number as a as a uh, on my phone and being able to message them when i have some doubt i think that was a cultural shift for me and that really pushed me into if uh, that really pushed me to think and do uh, in the perspective that if they're willing to put that effort, I'm willing to put my effort. Simple. How do you overcome that? Uh, the first step. That fear. Yeah. <laughs> like you said, you made the. <coughs> excuse me. Mm-hmm. You made the switch. How mm-hmm. do you how do you overcome that initial um, kind of inertia? I guess of you know. You don't want to be the uh, the overbearing student. You don't want to uh, wear out your welcome per se. How do you how do you overcome that first step? You know, you get bit, it hurts, and then you then know. Okay, I'm not gonna go near that animal again. Th- that's about it. Okay. I think it's as simple as that. I've I've been hurt multiple times and uh, and I've done some stupid stuff. I'm not gonna lie. I mean. Uh, 
I'm still what I'm just 24. I'm going to constantly make mistakes, and I'm going to continue to make mistakes. Even even people who are 62 years old, 70 years old, make mistakes, and I think that's okay. If uh, if you are overbearing or if you lose a connection because of something you did wrong, you just take it. You did wrong. It's not someone else. Mm-hmm. So if I've I have connections that I've lost because I was a different person and or I did something wrong and. Uh, it's it's a bite I have to take, yeah. and that's okay. And I think um, that's if that's the worst that can happen by me being really an extrovert, that's okay. Yeah. That I think you just have to be strong. And I I say this to a lot of international students I meet and I talk to is getting a visa right now in this country is extremely hard, and you have to be three times better than a normal American. So put your full potential forward. And being a woman, it's the same thing. Being an LGBTQ plus is the same thing. I'm not saying white male get all the priority, but I'm just saying there's, there's a level. There is, there is a clear line that is, I, it's, it's an eyesight, but people don't see it. So, Very good. Mm-hmm. I guess taking all of this into consideration what's what's next what are you looking forward to what is uh you said the the end goal has has changed or or might change what what are we looking at moving forward i don't know (laughs) is that the best part about it (laughs) yeah (laughs) like every day i'm doing something different and i feel like i feel like what excites me the most is i get up every day and i don't know what i'm gonna do that day Like I do have scheduled amount of meetings and I know that I was going to come to this podcast, but I came with an expectation if this is going to be a new experience for me, you know, to work with you, work with the team. And tomorrow I have something else. And I think that's what excites me. I'm the most thing that I'm usually afraid of is I'm not, I'm not, I'm a, I'm an unfinisher. Let's say that. I I just don't like to finish things because I am, uh, I'm always doing something new. And so if I want to finish something, I usually start it off and, and rapidly finish it. Because if I, I know if I let it sit, I'm never coming back to that, you know? So for me, I just like to, I just like to try different things out. And I think the, the trying and that excitement and meeting new people and making a lot of connections is what has got me until here. And I think it's just going to take me farther. So how much of the PhD program do you have left? Ooh, so <laughs> this is a huge conversation with my professor right now. Uh, I am uh, in my third year of PhD, but I I have just started the second PhD program. Gotcha. So I finished one pretty much. I have coursework is all done. Now research part is left. And so I'm doing the other. So hopefully by 2023, end of 2023. And then do you want to be faculty member here or elsewhere i don't know <laughs> i don't we'll, know we'll figure it out when we get there <laughs> yeah i'm also in in the middle now i'm trying i'm like i'm like pre you need a break take a year off and go work somewhere so now i'm starting i'm in that phase of like i need to go work somewhere but i'm also like okay if i need to work somewhere i need to make sure that it does not disrupt my ten thousand other things yeah so figuring sure. that out very cool yeah. Well, it sounds like you have a 
an interesting path ahead. So it'll be fun to uh, keep up with you and, and figure out where you're going. But uh, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast today. We appreciate your time and uh, uh, best of luck. It was absolutely a, pr- a pleasure. I think I, I'm happy to be the top 10. You bet. You bet. <laughs> Lucky yeah. number 10. Yep. Yeah.